Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Video games, welcome to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselow. With me as always... Hey Tommy, it's Ben Vanell here. Excited to be doing this uh, early 2000s episode. I feel like I'm back in high school again, sitting here at the cool kids table, <laughs> joined by our third co-host. The jock with the magic, the gathering cards. <laughs> it's Adam. No- I feel stupid when you say knowledgeable at the moment because I always have a Google list in front of me of like 2001 games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, we went to university uh, and studied video games yeah. and we've memorised it all. Yeah. To be fair, this is literally what I did at university as well, yes. was just Google like, what do people think about Mad Men for my film studies course? <laughs> I think I was at uni just around the time Wikipedia was becoming a thing that people had to be like, you can't use Wikipedia. Yeah, same. Mm. Yeah. It was very much, a, I, maybe it had already been that way for a bit. Uh, by the end of my time at uni, I mm. feel like people were starting to come around of like, go to Wikipedia, but then look at the source is down the bottom and right. then go from yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. Was there an equivalent? Would it have been like, what, Encyclopedia Britannica back in the day? A library. You can't yeah, just, just copy it. No, no, but in but terms of like oh, the, sure. bane of, the bane of educators, like this, <laughs> yeah. this kind of... Meant, <laughs> I thought you meant was Where there. did people get some knowledge? Some way that it was written down on some <laughs> kind of physical was thing. There any way that people gathered information <laughs> in one... How did anyone know anything? <laughs> How did people know what the green traffic light meant? Because it wasn't on Wikipedia. A, even if you had a place like that, no one would know how to look it up and find it. You couldn't... It wouldn't work. No, I mean like new things that come along that are then the bane of educators and it you know it takes them a little bit to sure. catch up and go mm. oh these kids are just taking the piss I bet They're it would have been copy like, and pasting. like the Cliff Notes books yeah, and things like yeah, that we yeah. talked about maybe a few weeks ago I think it was it was Cliff Notes it was like someone skimming the basics of a topic and yeah. putting out like a little bite-sized book of it I think but was see it. We at my high school we studied a Shakespeare text and the, the prescribed text that you had to go and buy was a Cliff Notes version so we like we were studying it direct from a thing mm. that ha- that already had it written down in the in the margins of it. Weird. It was almost like our teacher was just like, I can't be fucked that, summing this up for mm. them. Did, did, yeah, you know, like so. This is what that actually means. I was gonna say, and uh, man, if that's part of why I didn't enjoy uni that much, mm. because very quickly it becomes apparent, like. Oh, th- I've paid a lot of money for a list of five books. Oh, completely. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And then I have to also buy those books separately or mm. go to the library, but they're already out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying education is a scam. <laughs> Don't educate yourselves. Just listen to podcasts instead. Dude, yeah. you can find out everything you need to know from a two hour long YouTube video that's been cut together by a fucking psycho. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that w- I was wondering in my head, what's the new... I wonder what the new version of Wikipedia is. Yeah. It's very mm. frustrating to educate. It's probably like, yeah, People hardcore refer- history. 
just people yeah. just transcribing yeah, yeah. hardcore history in yeah. the in the in the footnotes. It's like this is from Joe Rogan episode <laughs> one thousand three hundred, <laughs> and they actually say that all the stuff in the textbook you gave me is completely wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. all made up. <laughs> yeah, I had to get high to really understand what I was writing down as well. So uh, yeah, we're here. We're continuing our history of video games. Mm. This is part the definitive text. Definitive yes. text. University yeah, yeah. ready. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder if anyone that, that would be amazing if someone quotes us in a in an assignment. Yeah, oh, we'll get yeah. used in universities as yeah. evidence of serial killers getting away with it in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's directed at me. <laughs> uh, so this is part five of our mm. comprehensive history of video games. Mm-hmm. We are up to the early two thousands. Mm. Should we do a quick previously on video games? So oh, <laughs> if you go listen to the last four episodes, right? <laughs> well, so yeah, it, it, we, we were wrapping up the PlayStation, yep, uh, yeah. wrapping up do, the Nintendo 64 was at the end of its life. And uh, yeah. They kind of spill over into the year 2000 as well. Yeah. What doesn't really spill over is Sega. No, right? that's Sega's done. That's 2001, done. the Dreamcast is discontinued. Right. So it's it's there for a little bit in 2000, but already by that time, the writing is very quickly on the wall for the Dreamcast. Right. And so we begin, we we, we leave the 90s with this like widespread Y2K panic. Yep. Yeah. People thinking that the world is going to go topsy-turvy. And for They the were f- off by 20 years. <laughs> 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 for the first part of, uh, of that decade, it... it Things do feel weird because all of a sudden you have Sega publishing Sonic games on <laughs> other consoles, oh, which yes. to begin with does... I remember thinking like, this is fucking bizarre. The mm. only company that Y2K really hit yeah. was Sega. <laughs> yeah. That's why they discontinued everything. They're like, we, it broke. We yeah. can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sonic's for Xbox now, I guess. Yeah, Y2K was actually them trying to make a good Sonic game. Well, weirdly, the <laughs> yeah, that's why it never happened. <laughs> the system just fucking crashed and wiped out a whole bunch of computers <laughs> Little little uh, little clip he comes up is like Are you making a Sonic game. Are you trying to actually make this bad? I think I'll correct this. <laughs> um, the Xbox, weirdly, I don't know if this is jumping ahead too much, but the Microsoft Xbox, which w- there was weird. Well, actually, let's talk because coming into this generation with the PS2 and the GameCube and the Xbox mm. was the first time I was super aware of a like a next generation, right? And where things were seemed like they were taking these big leaps and it was like, wow, I can't believe the power of the Xbox, which I've decided on my own and haven't been caught up in a marketing hype about that <laughs> at all. It is weird though, because like PlayStation kicks off in the in the mid nineties. Yes. Uh, uh, and but then there's still Xbox oh, sorry, there's still Sega. Yep. And Nintendo's still going strong. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like this delineated point. But it is probably the introduction of the Xbox and the continuation and the success of PlayStation yep. two that marks Oh, this is a whole new bunch of players. Like, this is not the old video games industry yeah. that we used to know. Definitely, Things are changing. definitely during the two thousands, they get bigger than they ever have before. Because, like, the Halo Two launch, I remember in particular, mm-hmm. being like, you know, news stories about this is the biggest launch of an entertainment product mm. that has ever existed. This mm. is bigger than any movie. Yeah. This is bigger than everything. People are like, all the nerds have crawled out of their basements <laughs> to line up at midnight for Halo Two. I remember newsreaders would always say it. Like they couldn't fucking understand the words, <laughs> yeah, because it was a video game. They're like, Halo, you yeah. know what that fucking word is? Yeah, if that was a movie, you would have been fine with it. It was a Beyonce song five years later, and you're mm. like, huh? Oh, now I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that they the incredulity that they were going like, how do these sweaty fucks have so much money? Yeah, yeah, I well, hated that. Maybe they be- got big. Yeah, before we jump into that point, there's yeah. a bunch of little nerds in their basements that never left. 
And those were the nerds playing PCs. They loved it. But then also, no, they weren't because The Sims also blew the fuck up. That is very true. That was a PC-only game. Yeah. I guess maybe there was a Mac version or something, possibly. And then there were ports of it yes. at some point. But it was predominantly played on, on a beige personal computer. Yep. And The Sims was fucking massive straight away. It's one of the biggest casual games ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, we talked about the arcade, you know, a lot at the start of this series. And that's pretty casual. It's people just, you know, walking around being like, all right, I'm having a beer. I'm playing Pac-Man. Yeah. But this is casual gaming <laughs> in the home that you've had to spend money on properly. And it's huge. The Sims maybe is one of the most... Highest selling franchises of Incredibly all time. Incredibly accessible. Yeah. Yeah. It taps into, um, yeah, just being able to play God. Yes. It's kind of a, I guess it's not quite open world, but it's like very much so early thing, like kind of taps into that thing of like, this is sort of limitless. You can yes. really do whatever you want with this. It's sandbox rather than yeah. open world. Yeah. 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 People love sand, and the the <laughs> there's a million expansions that come out for it. I yeah. liked that first Sims game and the second one I played. Yeah, I think I was pretty skeptical at the start because I was a Sim City fan. Right, it's like oh, this is like for non gamers. This is for casuals. Do you remember as well something I found appealing about it initially because I liked Sim City. <laughs> what? <laughs> What did you say? What the fuck did you just say? You try and toss it off as an aside? Let's stop the whole podcast. <laughs> From memory, I think they took this out before it actually launched. Mm. But part of The Sims originally was going to be like, they'll live inside of your Sim City city. Oh, yeah. Do you remember like Sim Copter so- and Sim fucking car? I, it was yeah. called something different, but you could drive around the city you'd made in two thousand SimCity two thousand. Yes. See, I yeah, I didn't know that, and that always has seemed weird to me that it's a, kind of a spin off. Right. Mm. That there was never any link between the two of them. There was other than just like rough naming. Yeah. Yeah. So you were yeah. meant to be able to go like, yeah, your Sims can live in SimCity, and when you go back in the Sims, they'll be like, oh, I hate downtown or whatever. So, mm. th- but. I think they took all that out because it was difficult. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. <laughs> it's two games in one. That's a crazy use of resources. Yeah. That's great. You take your Sims into the city of SimCity and the first thing they do is go into the police station. They're like, I was in the pool and then the ladder <laughs> to get out of the pool just disappeared. Someone came and took it and then I almost drowned. They're like, also, a yeah, UFO right came the other day and destroyed half of the city. I heard someone typing in a cheat code and then I was naked and I, I didn't have any nipples though. <laughs> Yeah, The Sims very big. Heaps of expansions for it yep. over the course of the uh, the two the early two thousands. Because mm. SimCity, I mean, The Sims two came out in two thousand four then as well. So those first two were both in the early two thousands. Yeah, right. Uh, in terms of like the actual kind of turn of the century, I was playing uh, a lot of Elon Musk's favorite game, Deus Ex. Mm, <laughs> I did not know that was fa- his favorite game. It's his fucking Twitter profile picture. Oh, great! Is JC Denton. <laughs> oh! So yeah, oh man, <laughs> he he identifies with uh, a technological man who literally has the first initials JC mm. as a very like you know when a spy nods way too hard at another spy in a movie and they're like stop it, no one's meant to know that we're a spy. <laughs> yes, it was a nod bigger than that <laughs> yep. to like maybe he's a bit of a savior. <laughs> so fuck Elon. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, but the, yeah, it's a great game. It it changed. Like games, yeah. like it invented a new genre. Basically, it kind of came off the back of like System Shock Two and that type of game in the nineties, mm-hmm. but uh, expanded the idea of 
like they called it emergent gameplay. They started to call it around this time, yes. which was similar to the sandbox thing. Yeah, where it's like there's so many little systems in place that if you push on one of these dominoes, the game's going to react in a bunch of different ways. The the marketing tagline of you can approach this mission whichever way you want. Yeah. And it's then, like you can do <laughs> stealth or you can go in shooting. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's the only two every ones. one yeah. of those games. <laughs> every time they showed off one of those, like there's so many ways to approach a problem. Here, I'll go in and talk to this person, and they've let me in, and now I've gone around the back and there's a key in the bin <laughs> yep. now i'm in or there's like a little fucking event and i've gone in that way yes uh, here's the vent i'm in what a game yeah but deus ex was fucking awesome at the time it had a great cyberpunk story it mm-hmm. uh was genuinely reactive to you yeah. where like you could kill characters earlier than you were meant to and the game would have predicted that and have stuff built That's in right. to react to that it was massive mm. uh, it well, I, at the time, I think people said it looked kind of plain. Right. But I thought it looked great. It was on the like, original Unreal Engine. It just I'm, had a very good vibe, like a aesthetic. Yeah, I remember Deus Ex being one of the big ones that was uh, passed around my school as a pirated yeah. copy. Oh, right. Yeah. That was chlamydia at my school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was that and Disney skateboarding oh. were the two games that were like always on our, um, <laughs> our fucking school network that someone... Oh. I love watching Mickey Mouse do a kickflip and questioning whether the terrorists are really the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, That's I what know. I'm into. I think it was just like one kid that knew how to upload stuff and find cracked stuff, but for right. whatever reason, those were the only two games that he'd been able to find. <laughs> he was like, well, it's better. You know, breaking the law is better than not breaking the law, so Disney skateboarding it is. Imagine how hard, fucking painful it would be if you were Donald Duck skating and you fell on your beak. Oh. Imagine falling on a beak. Crazy a that that's the first place your mind went with that. <laughs> well, I'm an empathetic person. <laughs> it actually wasn't too. It was just basically Tony Hawk, but with a with a. So actually, gameplay wise, pretty cool game. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. What well, Deus Ex was better? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and uh, I reckon it still holds up to this day. And if really? you've never played it, uh, this is a guess, <laughs> but I would imagine that you would still be able to get something out of it today. Right. Maybe <sighs> knowing that it was revolutionary at the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's elements of the story that were a little more fantastical, as is the case mm. with all, uh, to me, sort of cyberpunky or apocalypse uh, straddling bits of fiction now, mm. where maybe playing a game that's about a police state gone too far isn't going to be your cup of tea right now. Yes. But, uh,. Hey, it's got Elon's vote of approval. <laughs> uh, a game that uh, Deus Ex made me think of in terms of approaching a mission however you want mm. uh, is a game called Hitman, colon, codename 47, I think, or maybe? Yeah, yeah, Hitman, codename for He had a barcode and he was he number did. 47. That came out late 2000. Uh-huh. And yeah, very similar um, in some ways. It was it had great physics. It was all about like genuinely blending into the area that you're in, stealing like people's clothes and going through you know restaurants as a as a waiter and stuff yeah um yeah similar sort of thing of like okay you can sneak in or you can garrote this guy and throw him in a bin and walk through the front door uh really yeah emergent gameplay it was a little more contained it was like here you're in one level you got to assassinate this one guy Mm. but again for the time it was really really cool definitely i think both of these games had the thing that pc games did around this late 90s early 2000s time where they seemed a lot more big and complex. Yeah. They were like, uh, there, there was more going on in a Deus Ex or a Hitman than there was in even very kind of intricate, complicated console games. Like, I don't know, Majora's Mask came out in 2000 as right. well, which is very good. But they all there was a big gap 
between mm. what the two different things were capable of mm. at this point and what type of games you get on them. Because like these big RPGs, like the old style kind of, what's that word they use for the camera angle? Isometric? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there was like Baldur's Gate 2 yep. and like Icewind Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neverwinter Nights. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Arcanum of Steamwork yeah. and Magic's Obscura. I remember reading about that. And why PC would Powerplay? you like? <laughs> let's give our game a name that no one ever wants to say. Yeah, yeah. Fucking absurd. Good thing these uh, good thing these PC boxes are so fucking huge. <laughs> we need all the space we can get to write this title. That's on. actually why they were so big. It's a fun fact. Yeah. It had Man, to be. Thank you to the person who put in our uh, oh, Patreon yeah. Facebook group after we talked about that last episode, and mm. someone had some like this. Uh, this the, a box for a Day of the Tentacle that's like yes. that protrudes out. It's like a what would you call it? Like it's completely three dimensional. Like a like a three uh, D uh, uh, penta- poly polygon pentagon. It's a uh, like five sided. It's a three D pentapoly poly pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pyramid with a top cut off sort of. It must have been a nightmare to be someone like working in a store Ooh, that yeah. sold these games, just like trying to, trying to find the space for everything. <laughs> I think that's a Grombus. The 3D Rhombus is a Grombus. I think yeah. it's called yeah. a Grombus. I believe yeah. you're right. Citation not needed on that one. Yeah. Um, but you're right, yeah. There was, there was all the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, All the isometric RPGs, there were also uh, first-person RPGs. What? Yeah. In even bigger, more crazily open worlds than the ones we've discussed so far. Can can anyone think of a game that might match that description? Um, Kids at home, <laughs> say it out loud to your iPod. Is it four by four Evo? <laughs> yes. Oh no, Dis uh, Steel Beasts. This is <laughs> Steel Beasts. I don't know what that is. Uh, is Disney's three it- D RPG. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dark Rain Two. Oh, I played Dark I Rain played Dark Two. Rain that was an 2. RTS, right? Giant Citizen Kabuto. Like oh. a stupid-ass name. Uh, that was where you played a street. Anyway, The Morrowind. Elder Scrolls Morrowind yeah, is yeah. the one. Um, we've spoken about how Skyrim is kind of, for all of us, a little bit of a... Well, Tommy, you weren't interested in this series at all. Yeah. But Skyrim is like the pale imitation of Morrowind because we played it at the time, Adam. Right. And our minds were blown by Morrowind. It was a huge um, feat, mm. it seemed like, at the time. Yeah. And, walking and around. I was so into it. <laughs> really yeah, that clown distances. of a game was... Quentin Tarantino's favourite game, <laughs> he actually. He loved it. A huge feat. Um, but yeah, I love Morrowind. <laughs> I reinstalled it recently. It's It still holds up. It has such a crazily uh, interesting aesthetic. It's different to Skyrim. It's not that boring mm-hmm. medieval thing. Um, it was weird. It was it was it like was. houses made of mushrooms, and mm. that's the only weird thing I remember about. But that's pretty weird. Yeah, if you've never played Super Mario, it was bizarre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> House made of mushroom. You go in, and then you've got to match up three spinning tiles <laughs> yeah, yeah. to get a little bonus. I think I am up. thinking of Super Mario Brothers three. <laughs> <laughs> Mario wind. <laughs> um, uh, but that was huge. That was really really cool. And and I guess yeah, if if you're younger and you you kind of take something like Skyrim for granted. Morrowind was the first time anyone had seen anything approaching that scale. Totally. I, like. um, I loved get, I loved Max Payne. Yeah. Back in the day. Yep. Um, I love Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. No, Matt Damon. No. N- <laughs> was it Mark Wahlberg? Uh, You're yeah, probably it was, right. It, it doesn't seem like a Matt Damon thing to do. Yeah. Was Matt Damon in a... Well, he would have been in a different movie, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in Ocean's Eleven. Like, the sort of realistic <laughs> tactical uh, shooter started coming into big vogue. Yeah. Right. Like Rainbow Opera- Six? Uh, that would have existed, like, late 90s, but that still 
was going and Ghost Recon. Oh, right. Uh, Operation Flashpoint, mm-hmm. which my brother played so much mm. of that. It was a very um, straight up and down military shooter. Mm-hmm. Like you are being simulated here. Right. Uh, black and white. Remember that? That was fucking. Yes. Oh, yeah. Molyneux. Yeah, yeah. Peter. Not, yeah, Peter, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, all these games, I would just see them at the video right. store and like we just never had a computer that could handle them. But I'm like, yeah, I'm very familiar with a lot of them from looking at the box going like, damn, this looks cool. I think we had, you know, that, that was like a big part of PC gaming that I remember like having to scan the back of the box to see if your oh. machine at home was oh, up to Jesus. scratch yeah. and being like... And every now and then, because my local video store would hire out PC games, mm. which funny in retrospect because they're all so easy to um, illegally copy. Mm. So like, so every now and then would kind of like, you know, look at the back of the box and go, I don't reckon our computer at home can handle this, but you know yeah. what? Maybe I'll be able to trick it if I just chuck the disc <laughs> in and get away with yeah. it and put it in and just be like, it either not loading or loading and running so shittily yeah. and being like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to take this back and I remember try and get a refund. getting Battlefield 1942 mm. and w- when getting into it, everything was either invisible or blue. <laughs> All <laughs> right. like walls were either not there or everything was kind of blue. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> wow, okay, that's a huge call. <laughs> but I stand by that. It's cool that there was so much variety here at the time as well. There's so many different types of games for so many different types of gamers <laughs> that like the PC was like really eclectic and cool back then. Black and white is a great example of that because it's not really a, 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 any genre. It's like a it, god game, they vaguely, call it. But it was vaguely real-time strategy in that you had little villages that you like built stuff in and encouraged people to come and live in. Yeah. Um, I guess sort of Sims-ish as well in that case. And yeah. then, yeah, that god thing where you're like looking over all this stuff and like fighting other gods but it was also like a tamagotchi because you raised this animal from a baby yeah um you stole it from a baby (laughs) and then (laughs) you raised it but Uh, yeah that was was a crazy kind of game you just don't see i guess maybe you see that innovation in indie games these days for sure yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was just like it was the focus of a whole platform in Mm. a way which was which was really cool at the time uh, other PC games. I think there's in 2004. Yes, actually in 2003, Call of Duty came out, the first one, mm-hmm. which uh, is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. But in 2004, get a load of this uh, quadruple hitter of of like that's when the modern FPS genre kind of started in a weird way. Right, because you mentioned Battlefield 1942. Yeah, uh, it's not like a Call of Duty. It's sort of like you spawn on this map. You run around killing people sort of in a... It's all multiplayer. It was like 100 yeah. players, which was a big difference. That's right. Or something, maybe 64 it's or something like that. a big LAN party game, I think, Battlefield 1942, because it was so yeah. well set up for that. Yeah. Um, and it did feel more... Uh, it, having vehicles be just like you could get in and out really mm. easily in FPSs was... That's right. That was a, a big new deal. thing. That yeah. and Halo both did that. But I think from memory, like the story in Battlefield 1942, it was like, well, you're spawning on Normandy. You go from this point to this e- checkpoint yeah. to this checkpoint and then you're done. It was all multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, uh, you know, pretty popular around then. That PC multiplayer counter strike Battlefield 1942-y, Unreal Tournament-y 2-y. <laughs> type of game was very <laughs> popular. Um, but it wasn't what Call of Duty is and what no. so much of FPS gaming is now. But then Call of Duty was just Medal of Honor, but it was literally the people who had made Medal of Honor Allied Assault, uh, a bunch of them splintering off to make their own studio. Right. Then they made a bunch of Call of Duty games and then splintered off to do the Titanfall ones. Oh, yeah, So right. there's like a direct... Uh, 
Lineage. Lineage. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth, <laughs> even if they're the right one. Okay. Line. <laughs> Just say line then. But that. So in 2004, all in the same year, Far Cry 1, Doom 3, Half Life 2, and Halo 2 all came out. Wow. Yep. So, yep, yep. and all of those, I think, are pretty directly comparable to what people consider a first person shooter game to be now. Yes. In heaps of ways. So. Yeah, it, th- this this early 2000s was very formative for that type of shooter. Yeah. And Half-Life 2, speaking of PC shit, mm. was the first game that was on Steam. You had right. to have Steam to play this game. Right. And at the time, I remember being like, this fucking sucks. I'm going on Australian internet. Mm. It's taking forever. There's no reason that I can see to have this because it's never existed before. Mm. So it just feels like this weird extra <laughs> fucking irritating layer of getting to play something i need mm-hmm. i need clarification on one part of what you just said yeah well at that age were you that aware that australian internet is bad when compared yeah. to the rest of the world well, i was really? like 15 okay yeah i don't i don't remember knowing anything about well because our internet being any worse than the rest of the world we'd maybe just gotten like broadband or yeah. were okay. trying to or something it was it was at the point where because things like battlefield 1942 and counter-strike were so popular too mm-hmm. i was very aware of how uh, how much, laggy? Yeah, how That's, much yeah, less I okay. enjoyed those games right. than anyone else. That was also my only like touch point for for internet was like, why am I just like I'm? People keep walking past and I'm shooting and then they're gone and it's like I I couldn't play online games. Yeah. I just had to decide that I wasn't going to. It took us so long to get broadband because mm. my dad thought it was just going to be a fad. He we, he thought everyone would just go back to dial up. He's like, use the <laughs> phone back. line, not getting another thing. So he like, understood that the internet was going to be big, but, but the speed like, of it wasn't going to factor he, in. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> he thought that Great. the popularity of it and people needing to do more and more on it. Wouldn't lead them to wanting it to be faster. He's like, nah. It's Your just dad a- is Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not getting a second phone line if I don't need. That was the other thing. Dial up and only yeah. one phone line. Brutal, yeah. brutal yeah. times. So yeah. All this stuff was just absolutely off my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other sort of big PC big games, obviously, but I, d- I doubt we can really go through everything. I think like Total War starting in this yep. period is a big one. Um, Diablo 2, obviously. Uh, Ico. Comes out on the PS2. Oh, really? Was that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, we'll get to that motherfucker. Oh, Warcraft three. Oh yeah, and World of Warcraft and in two thousand four. Well, yeah, World of Warcraft. Yes. Yeah, that, that two thousand and four then is like maybe the biggest year it's in games. Huge. Yeah. San Andreas came out that year. I remember loving Ooh, that year. Oh, baby. Uh, what? There were some other big fucking things that came out in two thousand four. Let me let me dig into the old memory banks here. <laughs> He's just looking into the middle distance. I've still got dial up and <laughs> uh, I'm just there's gotta be something else. Oh, Halo 2 is big. Maybe those are the ones I was fucking thinking of. Yeah. Oh, Vampire the Masquerade oh. Bloodlines came out. I enjoyed that game. That was similar to Deus Ex in the like kind of um emergenty fucking way. Yeah, you're right. In terms of PC games in 04, Rome Total War, which is probably the one that got Big, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Sims Two is two thousand and four. Um, that might be it for PC, but there's yeah, like a, a fuckload of uh, of there's games on other. Pl- oh, Fable. Well, that was again the Xbox. Really, yeah. I th- I think just because I had a PC through this whole time, I just played these. So on so many of these like launched on the Xbox because Microsoft was already throwing money at stuff. Yeah. A lot of things that might have just been PC games like Splinter Cell and like. 
bunch of these like Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. came out on there either alongside or initially, but were like kind of primarily developed for the Xbox. Right. The second day is X game was and people complained about it a lot of the time because they were like it got made all consoleized right yes god that was a thing that started getting said a lot during this period (laughs) there there was still a big enough difference between the power that a pc was capable of and what a console could do and Mm. then people hadn't figured out how to translate those very complex pc controls into a controller format yep that um there was a gap between how those games played Mm. for this whole set of years completely so, uh, and that negatively affected, like that second Deus Ex game was a lot worse than the first one. Right. Partly because of decisions they made around the design. It was a lot shorter and it looked weird. Mm-hmm. It looked bad mm-hmm. to me, but um, none of them have really been as good as that first one. Yeah, Not really yeah. close. But yeah, definitely like things getting, you know, consoleized and all the dumb terms that got used around then was a big deal because those consoles were so wildly fucking popular yeah well let's maybe kick off with the first one to be released in this decade the playstation 2 what a big boy (laughs) (laughs) look at this little missile launcher coming along do you remember that the missiles thing no oh i want i hope it's the right was it it wasn't north korea there was somewhere maybe it was iran somewhere bought a bunch of ps2s and use like the chips and stuff. There was something about them that was really good for like missile technology. Oh wow! I, I don't remember the specific details of this story, uh, which you wouldn't <laughs> have been able to tell from how I was speaking about it. <laughs> but like, there was some security scare or something involving PS2s really early on because someone realised like the, the architecture that's in here is exactly what we want to oh, run our right. fucking missile arrays. I'm sure back in the day that was like the tidbit fact that the smug person, you know that the person now that's like, uh, you know, the uh, the amount of horsepower that's in an iPhone is the same as what they had, uh, the computers that sent the first rocket to the moon. Yes. I'm sure like at yes. the time it was like, uh, you know, the, the PS2 is... <laughs> Technically capable of firing off <laughs> missiles. Yes. <laughs> so, well, the first thing that comes up is UK intelligence dismisses PS2 missile fears. Okay. Okay. So you read well, the it, first story, not the second story. <laughs> I, I think, but this is just like political leaders saying that we don't need to worry about. Um, this one's from ABC. Okay. It, uh, Tuesday, the 18th of April, 2000. Uh, among the incredibly realistic warlike games Sony told me were under development when they showed me their sleek black domestic supercomputer last month, Dark Cloud, pilot fighter shooting, and one-on-one government. What the what fuck does the that mean? What the fuck does any of that mean? <laughs> What's Sony? Is that the name of a game, one-on-one government? <laughs> <laughs> what Sony knew at the time but said little about was that there were concerns their machine could do more than simulate real-life missile guidance. Surely the concern isn't that they can do more than that. Surely it's that they can yeah. or more than more simulate. Than simulate so it, yeah. And so. why are you doing why are you doing this with a PlayStation 2 instead of just an actual computer? Surely yeah. that's better for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those so, missiles were way worse than the PC ones. They got dumbed down. None of the features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so South Korea intercepted and sunk a North Korean submarine. It's like as well in this. So, what I think it was just like a this is quite powerful, right? Right, right. and a bit of that like video games are <laughs> dangerous sure. scare tactics that were going since the early nineties. Well, That's so pe- funny. Just the company turning up to E three and showing off their new hardware by going, check this out, and just launching a bunch of nukes into the sky. <laughs> what games are coming out of it? We really haven't thought that. Fuck far off! Ahead. Yes. We're gonna kill one hundred and twenty-eight Mario. Uh, I think the next Fallout is coming up on this one. <laughs> the, 
the PS2 was super fucking powerful for the time, though, for how cheap it was as well. Right. Because it was like one of the very first accessible DVD players. Yep. Yes. It was way cheaper than a DVD player was at the time. Mm-hmm. Plus it was a PS2. And uh, you could like fucking put Linux and stuff on a PS2. Yeah, right. Um, which, I don't know, why would you bother? But... Very funny. It's easy to take for granted now because it's just like they've they've carried through this the whole way through. But that literally their naming strategy was the PlayStation Two. Yeah. Like yeah. just insane. Do you remember those ads they had for it? Like as it was launching, where it was like someone with like a duck's head in an empty room, and it was just like, and then the PS Two logo would show up. I, like, I did. Oh yes. Yeah. Travel somewhere different, or there yeah, was some. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were just they, like weird. Very, um, you know, let's do Monty Python. <laughs> That's a very like, uh, like kind of late nineties, early two thousands video game advertising technique that stands out in my head. Yeah. The the getting people in the big in the big costumes. Weren't there like Crash Bandicoot yes, ads of people was. dressed up? There's yeah. a Super Smash Brothers ad that was like a whole bunch of people like in these big like costumes of Mario and Pikachu yeah. like beating the shit out of each other. They right. were kind of mocking the idea, I guess, a little bit usually those ones of people dressing up in the big costumes. Like they weren't mm. sincerely going like, look how cool this big Crash Bandicoot guy looks. Yeah, no, but, yeah, that, yeah. Yes, but it was like so. a comedy thing of like, imagine, dr- yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. the funny like quirky take on, yeah. I remember also, well, I remember this from last week when I was watching them. The first PlayStation ads had a lot of like the the like square and cross yeah, and circle yeah, yeah. stuff appearing in people's veins on their arms. Like sure. they were kind of a little like edgy late 90s experimental in, film. In magazines, there were condom wrappers with the That's condoms right. had the shape of the buttons. Yep. And obviously the circle is just normal. But <laughs> then you have to get your specialized condoms like for my triangular dick. Yeah, yes. my ex so dick it, well, is pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> X dick, go and give it to you. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, so PS... uh, Fucking, sorry, uh, N64 games and PS1 games are still coming out in 2000. Right. But then the PS2 launched in 2000 everywhere or maybe just in Japan? Uh, March 4, 2000 in Japan and then October 2000 in North America Mm. and uh, November November 30 here. So that's that's not... Yeah, Yeah. that gap is kind of... is closing for very staggered releases. You had like... Tekken Tag Tournament. Yes, I remember that. Coming out with it. Um, Being a big fan of the Tekken franchise and not ever owning a PS2, I right. was a little frustrated. It was, it was, the PS2 was cool. Yeah, I was very jealous of everyone who had one. Weirdly, the GameCube and the Xbox coming along like a year later were both a lot more powerful. Yeah, yeah. The Xbox was the most powerful console ever when it launched. Yeah. Apparently, it was a little more difficult to develop stuff for than the GameCube was. So, things looked Hmm. pretty good on both of those. Right. But the PS2 was often sort of noticeably noticeably behind them. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend who had an Xbox. And actually, I had a PC through this whole era. So, I was playing... The Grand Theft Auto games on the PC, yeah, and even yeah, just going from that to a friend's house playing like Vice City on an Xbox, I was yeah. like, oh man, this looks so much better. There was some weird yeah. filter. The graphics were higher. You can make reflections look shinier. Yeah. Just, like things that were um, nice, mm-hmm. but because every game if it was multi-platform, was developed with the PS2 as the primary thing generally because they were so popular. Yeah. They sold so well that you'd be crazy not to sort of target that. Yep. 
it didn't tend to matter. The PS2 still had good versions of every game. Yeah, right. And with like the Grand Theft Autos and stuff, all of those games launched first on the PS2 and then took a while to come to other stuff. The PC port was often like a year later. Right. Mm. Yeah. And there wasn't a Nintendo version of any of that. Still to this day, I guess, they, they don't come out on there. Ever. Yeah. 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 But uh, the impact and like the popularity of Grand Theft Auto in this uh, five-year period was enormous. Yeah, reignited conversation about um, violence in video games and people being influenced to do shitty things because of them. That conversation kind of sparks up again. Weirdly over... Well, over here and over in the US, the big thing was always the sexual content. Oh, yes, it was too, yes. It was like in GTA 3 and Vice City, it was like, you can can hire sex workers right from your car. I don't want to do this in a game. I want to get out there and do it in real life. I'm a hypocritical Mm -hmm. politician. That's incisive what I've done. Very, very good. (laughs) Thank you. Cutting. (laughs) The human political cartoon is what they call me. Oh, I thought you were going to be cutting this out of the episode <laughs> so <laughs> low quality but so like GTA 3 yes. and I think Vice City and then later San Andreas all had the thing where they launched there was some issue that people had with the content in it they took it off the shelves and put out another patched version of it mm. at, at least in Australia did this happen everywhere not sure but definitely in Australia yeah, yeah. You're right. I have a feeling that it was only I feel like we've always been worse with that kind of stuff not with San Andreas though because really? when that came out in 2004 there was the big fucking hot coffee thing. Yes. Do you remember that? And so it was a fucking mod Mm. that like the content was not technically in the game. They removed it, but you could, um, you were CJ, the uh, Elon Musk's least favorite character because they switched the, and you could date girls and then later on you could have sex with them if everything went well. Mm -hmm. And it's a terribly animated sequence because it's not finished. You're still wearing pants in it, (laughs) which is the only normal thing about what happens (laughs) in the sequence. <laughs> but so people got fucking wild about that. They were like, yeah. how can you put this content in a video game? It's the least, like, it's not at all violent. Mm. It's always, like, consensual and normal. Mm-hmm. But you can choose to do it in doggy style. Yeah. But kids can do it. And yeah. It's like, well, if there was, still was an appropriate rating, which I believe there was, right? There were ratings it for these was, games. It was, but the issue, I guess, was because so someone like patched it back in. It wasn't that difficult to change a code, but you had yeah. to either have a modded PS2 for it or the PC well, version. Yeah. You could just do this. Yeah. But because the content was, in their opinion, te- in the opinion of ratings boards, technically in the game. Even though it was, you didn't have access to it. Yeah, it was purposefully removed from the actual game. But I don't think they saw that as particularly different to it. The code exists in there, so it is in there. It's, you didn't yeah. show it to us. So I guess I can kind of see that point, even though it's not really accurate because they did, you know, it's not accessible normally. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, that was a big, huge controversy. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid. Yeah. But w- whatever, I guess if you, if you frame it more as it being about you didn't show us all of the content, then... I can see that. But I think the, the the bigger issue is parents buying games for kids and not really knowing what was going on in the games. Yeah. Like, How would you ever know that a game called Grand Theft Auto could <laughs> have questionable adult content? Yeah. Adult. It's, <laughs> it's not like it says it on the front of the box or anything. No. There's no... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But those games were all fucking great. I loved the first three... G- well, not first three. GTA 3 was the name of the first one. But that little trilogy there yes. was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I missed I missed everything about this generation around this, this time. Loser. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on video games at wow. this point. I'm I'm kind of at a point where 
I don't know. I, I, I just sort of drifted away from it. I'm getting into a point where, you know, just not having the disposable income for I'm working and um, at a certain point I'm working an after school job right and all my money is just going towards underage drinking oh so yes I I'm was just, wondering what it could possibly be I'm just checked out on this whole like I think I I think I ended up buying a GameCube used like right before the Wii came along but right. I but yeah I, I kind of missed all of this stuff like I had friends that had a PS2 and would talk about the GTA games, and I was kind of like always interested in them, but yeah, I think I the the sixty four faded away, and then I I kind of I didn't dip back in for a very long time, and I had a period mm. where I kind of figured, okay, I guess playing video games is just kind of done. Like right. maybe people were right when I was growing up, maybe uh-huh. it was just a fad. Oh. Because also around me, like that was a lot of the stuff too, of just like you know that awkward kind of teen phase that you go through, where it's like you feel like you do have to kind of leave everything behind right, not yeah. fully wanting to but sort of thinking like oh, okay this is just sort of what you meant to do yep so definitely. yeah i'm 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 out i'm out for a long for a wow. long chunk of time here probably until about yeah 2006 or 7 or something like that that oh, sucks so you don't yeah. get to talk for the rest of the episode yeah then. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see you later wow, wow. <laughs> i wonder if this is because you lived closer to the city and Knox and i lived like a fair way away Sure And like yeah We were doing underage drinking as well But there was literally Nothing else to do Except like Go to someone's house Play video games mm-hmm. And drink And I wouldn't have been Until the Xbox 360 was around When yeah. that came out That's when I popped my first can <laughs> Yeah right <laughs> but, but I have vivid memories Of yeah Going to friends houses And like Going to the bungalow Out the back And cracking some tins Of Woodstock bourbon <laughs> And playing GTA Vice City we, Oh wow We yeah. Yeah, a couple okay. of different times Had two Xboxes Connected together Yep Playing Halo On two different TVs With yep. a maximum of eight players <laughs> oh, Yes <laughs> Look at that But you could also If you had them You could connect four together and have 16 mm. fucking nuts but um yeah this is like my personal kind of you know obviously rose tinted because i was like 14 fit you know the good age for it but like a real bloody golden age yes for me yep. there's so many on the ps2 for example so you had a ps2 i got a ps2 late in the thing right i had an xbox and then got a gamecube and then a ps2 because this was the point where i'd start to have a job at target and shit oh yeah, yeah. I was like, i'm yeah. gonna put all this money back into the economy baby <laughs> yeah. so you go in day dot on an xbox uh no like a year after it comes out that's still early it's, it's the one yeah. that for whatever reason everyone at my fucking school got an xbox really don't know why but it was an xbox heavy school yeah i th- had a couple of friends whose dads were real kind of like into the tech, yeah. So it was always like, so they were like, "Yeah, this is this is what we're doing." I think it was Halo that did it for, yeah. for the mm. original Xbox for people. Yeah, that really it was such a big deal at the time. Yeah, mm. it, it cannot be overstated. Well, it probably could be overstated. It was the, the Pope was playing it. Like. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think it was a pretty even split among my friends. Right, there was even a few of us who just had PCs. Um, but I do remember a lot of going to. What would it have been? 16th birthdays and someone had brought their Xbox to this other Xbox house. And we're staying up all night drinking Red Bull, maybe. It would have been around at that time. I guess so. That would have been the cartoon little ads. Yeah, yeah. Which Uh, they still make and have looked the same for Mm. 20 years. Mm. I remember being creeped out by them at the time. They're kind of weird. Yeah, they're weird. Their character style is very weird. I had no idea what Red Bull was. I was like, get the fuck off. Yeah, I think. uh, Yeah, maybe I was. I didn't know what it was initially. A lot of them are weirdly sexual. It's like a princess trapped in a tower, and then it's like 
This guy skulls a can and then he can fly up there. Oh, Red yeah. Bull gives you bonus was such a weird <laughs> uh, slogan for them. I, on the PS2, I just want to mention some of the things that were like kind of exclusive to it that yes. were big deals. Uh, Metal Gear Solid was the big one for me. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 2, and well, actually 2 came out on the Xbox and there was like a PC version as well. But 3 was part of the reason I got a PS2 eventually right. because fucking Metal Gear Solid 3 was a big deal to me. Is it the best one in the franchise? I believe so. Mm. Uh, it's the 60s one. That um, the, the whole thing is so cool. It's also the one you can probably play isolated and get the most out of. Right. Uh, in my opinion. So does it sort of lean most heavily into like the Bond cinema tropes? Yes. Right. Kind of like, or like early Bond, there's like, so you play a kind of one or two hour long like intro section and then... A big like bum 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 kind of um, movie plays that's got all like the psychedelic sixties visuals, right? And the song is called Snake Eater because the 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 subtitle is Snake Eater, mm-hmm. and the whole song is someone singing about eating snakes, <laughs> right? Which is how <laughs> I'm, I'm able to pull a couple of little jokes out of that one if you if you're willing to go with me on a <laughs> okay, ride. Interesting. Were you back in the day? Were you holding court and <laughs> sort of like, hey guys, get a load of this. I'm going to play this, and then yeah. I'll yeah. have some comments. Yeah. You know to when make. she sings Snake Eater? I've got a twisted way of looking at that. Knox turning up to school like Leno star with a little monologue, <laughs> yes. a little monologue about say, hey, you see this Snake Eater? <laughs> That's my school friend, Kevin Eubanks, over there. <laughs> and then I told Conan that he could come up into year 10, but mm. then I wanted to go back to year 10 afterwards. Okay. So, uh, Leno in high school yeah, is what yeah. I'm doing. Yep. No, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> was Final Fa- No, Final Fantasy was not exclusive to the PS2. That yes, was... it was during this era. What Was it? Yeah. Final I... Fantasy 10 and 12. Ah. Both were on there. Right. I think I played eight on PC. Right. Eight and uh, not nine. Nine was exclusive to like the PS1. They're all yes. everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Final Fantasy X, uh, I liked at the time. Then 11 was the multiplayer one. Yes. That was on the PS2 and the PC. And then there was like a 360 version later. Again, one of those games where I had to be like, well, I can't play this. It's online. Right. They're, and they're, this every one of these consoles, so the Xbox had a modem built in. Mm-hmm. The Dreamcast had as well. The GameCube had a modem. You could buy for it The PS2 had An, an adapter thing You could buy for it mm-hmm. So all of these consoles Were online Yeah yeah People didn't do it much Over here at least mm. Because you Fucking internet sucked yeah. But yeah. I did get Xbox Live at some point And played uh, Halo 2 online Right Xbox Live Fucked a bunch of people's mums <laughs> <laughs> That was a That was a new thing Yes so, And it was a big deal Yes It was the most accessible And uh, put together Online service at that point, because even online PC games, everything was kind of complicated. Often it would be a little confusing. It would be um, decentralized. It was like often like cheating and stuff. Yep. Then there were these weird services like GameSpy, where it was like, we'll search for a bunch of rooms for you. We'll have a cheat thing logged in. But it was always weird and uh, a bit janky. Yeah, the only like almost good version of that uh, was Battle.net, the Blizzard one. Sure, yeah. And then obviously they figure out online gaming with World of Warcraft right, as well. totally. And Microsoft did it for consoles. Uh, they were the first to have console DLC stuff, mm. I believe that's the case. Maybe there was some weird thing where you could download something on the Dreamcast to like a VMU or whatever. I'm probably mm-hmm. wrong. But um, like Knights of the Old Republic, it was like, get this DLC, it's free. Splinter Cell had a bunch of extra levels uh for it right through there it was it was kind of cool at the time it came with a little headset you'd put on like oh, you're a yeah. call center guy yep. and you'd be like hey 
I'm fucking your mom right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's the best. <laughs> but yeah, the main thing. You'd always hear the noise. Oh man, this noise is still burning in my brain. The noise that would happen if someone breathed into their microphone. It still happens now, but just like the. Or you'd hear like Santeria playing in the background of some <laughs> fucking assholes. But apart from Xbox Live, the big thing about Xbox, the thing that won people over yeah. from every other uh, console, every other platform, was of course Halo. It, Halo was a huge ass deal at the time. Yeah, man. it was big. It was big news. It was a genuine exclusive that mm. people wanted to play. Weirdly, there was a PC version of Halo. Right. And of Halo 2. Right. Like at the time, the Halo 2 one was made in like the late 2000s for Vista. They came out years after the initial Xbox launch of them. Right. Which didn't help them. But um, there was a popular PC version of Halo that for the multiplayer at least. Did it launch with Halo? Yes. Yeah. It okay. came out day, day one. Yeah. And weirdly, the Xbox was like a sequel to the Dreamcast in a lot of ways where like a lot of Sega mm. games got made for the Xbox. Right. After the Dreamcast was dead, that initial fat fucking controller mm-hmm. looked a lot yeah. <laughs> like the Dreamcast one. Which is interesting because Microsoft, yeah, they're not a Japanese company, you know. No. So it's like the first time you've got like a truly Western company mm. getting into the mix with, in, in mm. you know, in this sort of wave of consoles and everything and like making a big... and. You know, I think still to this day, like Microsoft doesn't really have anything like the market share in Japan that they no. have here. Yeah. They've it's, got it, nothing. They yeah. struggle in Japan. Genuinely sold poorly in Japan, specifically yeah. the mm. first Xbox. And, yeah. and all three of them have. Yeah, right. They, they've never done well in Japan and they've like kind of tried a little bit with it, but they have been very Western focused. Mm. They also, But what they did do, uh, I finished the book that I was talking about last week, the... Uh, Final Fantasy VII, all history. Yeah. Microsoft got a bunch of guys from Square over and they right. had like a little Japanese studio and they were trying to get and they, they kind of talk about how it was, you know, they were all debating like whether they wanted to like get together and do this thing for Microsoft because yeah. they're like, why the fuck would we work for Microsoft? And then they'd try and it's kind of like the dream team skeleton crew of Final Fantasy VII back together. Oh, what's the game called? Lost... Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey. And they made oh, yes. Blue Dragon as well for the yes. 360. Right. Which was like an Akira Toriyama mm-hmm. um, oh. um, illustrated one or like the graphic design, whatever yep. you call it, is, is done by him. Uh, but they never really hit. No one cared about it. It was like this big bulky thing. Mm. Yeah. It, it seemed quite Western. It didn't appeal to people over there. Uh, in any strong way. Well, yeah, it launches with this big, extremely Western style of game right. in terms of tone and... Mm. Um, Design and gameplay, like mm. a first-person shooter, it's very Western format. For some reason, at this time in particular, there's a big gap between Japanese and Western-developed games still, yeah, in terms of what they're like. And I remember reading this thing once that a big thing for people playing games in Japan to adjust to was camera control. Oh yes, mm. which we've you know, it, shooters had a lot to do with where you move the right stick and you look around. Yeah, yes, and, and the same happens with the camera. I do remember reading that as well. The yeah. coordinating, yeah, movement and camera was was not natural. And if you think about Japanese games, it doesn't really happen during this era. In that, like the Metal Gear Solids are still from top down. The Devil May Cries and shit, um, mm. fixed camera perspective. Most JRPGs, Resident Evil Four, when it comes along, mm. you plant yourself down and then you aim your gun separately to moving around. Right. Yep. And it's it's so it's definitely something that um is indicative of there still being quite a big gap in terms of the style of games coming from both places. Is it Halo One? I think you've talked about this before. I think this is the game where it, 
to align the someone with the bear and the bird, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where t- in order to um, uh, uh, set whether you're going to have inverted oh, axis yeah. or not, it just at the side of it it says look around and then yeah. whatever you there's a guy look like, look, up. look up, chief, and, and then you- whatever you do it sets it automatically. That should just be standardized. Yeah. That's such a yeah. that's such a clever, intuitive way of yeah, doing it. Yeah, that is a bizarre thing to not have continued. It's such a good idea. Sometimes the game this... will ask you at the start, do you want it inverted or not? I'm like, I can never remember. I don't know if I <laughs> yeah, prefer right. inverted or not because I'm not thinking. I'm just like mm. doing what feels natural. Yeah, it, it was smart. The way that they made console shooters work changed all of that. Yeah. There mm. were like games that had done the two-stick thing before it, mm. but people didn't really like it that much. There was a game called Alien... Resurrection Was oh. that the fourth movie? Yeah So there was a PS1 game of that That had the Halo control Of oh. like Use the right stick to look around And reviews at the time If you go look at them People go This is fucking confusing This wow. doesn't work at all It's stupid Then like Red Faction I think came out Before Halo 1 And had the same thing Yeah But Halo 1 in particular, just figured out exactly the right inertia for it. Mm-hmm. Same as like there were side-scrolling things before Mario, but it felt right in Mario, so yeah. that became the thing. I remember just not buying FPS games for consoles. Right. Like maybe, what would I have had next, the PS3? But I guess I had a PlayStation, and it's like, yeah, sorry guys, I can't play this game with you. I don't know how to do the, the joystick thing. Right, and they were different on the 64 and stuff, like Perfect Dark and whatever, mm. controlled very, very differently. I remember seeing a thing with the developers of Halo saying the big thing that they realized was they they changed up the shooting so that you weren't really quickly aiming with the right stick and having to be accurate with that. You could kind of put it in a place and then your aiming was more done with your movement. So you'd strafe across where someone was and people would find it easier to be accurate with that. Uh. To like, And if you look at how you end up playing games on consoles that are shooters even now, you do kind of do that without thinking about mm. it. Go is, sideways a lot, yeah. And like, and have your shot lined up, but not actually on the person. And then you you use both. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. You to find adjust. you're actually fine tuning it with the strafing. Right, right. And so they kind of they figured out how weighty that needed to feel, how quickly you needed to move that. There's a really cool thing of because those first two, maybe it was only the second one, came with like a little documentary about huh. how they made it. Right, which was really interesting, and yeah. I love the thing they talked about in that that applies to game design with everything where they're like Halo is a 30 second long game. There doesn't fucking go for however many hours it's 30 seconds long. And you repeat that same 30 seconds cause mm. it's fun, but it's move, hit someone, shoot, throw a grenade, move again. Yeah. Mm. And that's all that the game is. And it's 30 seconds long. It's a shit game in reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've accidentally made a terrible game. It's 30 yeah. set. We don't know what we're going to do, but we've tricked everyone into thinking it lasts yeah. for 12 hours and is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they made it very cleverly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, Bungie as well, who made like the Myth games on PC, I guess is worth mentioning. So and Bungie done shooters before they Bungie, did marathon. Th- those games, the, all obviously the Halo games, hold up uh, Xbox as a platform and get people to transition over. Do you know what's crazy as well? Just mm. one more thing about Halo. That was nearly a Mac game. Really? Steve Jobs personally went to Bungie, was shown a tech demo of Halo. And he would, like they showed him lens flare and nineties bullshit. He was like, "Well, whatever. We did this in Toy Story. Pixar can do this." And they're like, "Steve, this is running in real time." <laughs> <laughs> and eleven years later, Steve Jobs was dead. So you wow. do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but apart lens from- flare causes cancer. JJ <laughs> <laughs> Abrams has killed so many. <laughs> oh, well, he's apart kill- from- he killed Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. The, the 
but so then Microsoft poached them. And Microsoft poached a number. They started that thing of buying up studios during this. Well, they've got Bungie. That's great. So, yeah. obviously, they just got to pick another big studio that's produced a bunch of hit titles. It's a surefire way to get good games on your platform, you'd imagine. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you pick a really good developer, they'll continue to make great stuff. And so, in the early 2000s, Microsoft acquires Rare. For millions of dollars it was the biggest acquisition at the time it would yeah. pay so much fucking money for rare i mean talk about poaching <laughs> they take them away from nintendo yeah they might have been like the early 2000s everyone's like oh my god rare games on the xbox they put out grabbed by the ghoulies yeah. and that's by the ghoulies. Yeah. That's that's, and i think yeah. that's kind of also a bit of a part of why i'm why i'm out at this point right. too, because yeah. i'm like i've i've Love. I've played nearly, you know, every major thing that's come out on the Nintendo 64. I've played it. Yeah. A big part of that was rare. And then you hear this new things come out. They've left. They've gone over there. Then they start. And I kind of was thinking, okay, I guess maybe uh, mm. these guys are so good. Maybe I'll get an expert. But then it's they sort of seem to not really Man. be doing anything too good on it. So yeah. it's just kind of like, all right, <laughs> well, the dream's kind of dead. I guess I'm just out for a bit. Like the the glory <sighs> days are over. It's so weird. Then they had two games at the launch of the 360. They put out like Cameo and Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, yeah, right. Cameo. Remember that? That yeah. was meant to be a GameCube game originally. Yeah. Yep. Or even like a, anyway. But yeah, still on the Xbox, you got Splinter Cell, which yep. became a massive franchise. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which you had to remind me beforehand, Knox, debuts on the Xbox. A man. That was a good game. It remains a good game. I it holds it. up. It's it so, might, so good. Well, I haven't gone back to it in ages, but it was my favorite Star Wars thing at the time. I've never really liked the main Star Wars stuff, mm. but there are some side Star Wars things that have been great. Yes, That's Jedi Academy, like a few of those, yeah, dotted amongst there. But yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, I that and the sequel I play kind of every couple of years. Right. I, I really do think they hold up. It's just incredibly written, yeah, RPG stuff. Yeah, um, Fable. Fable. Fable was the next one to come out. I played it on PC and I loved it. It was good. Yeah. It was the uh, black and white was kind of the same, but it was really the Peter Molyneux hype machine of like him going, if there's a tree, then later on when you come back, the tree will have grown. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying, The tree's like, still there. <laughs> yeah. so much the game shit. remembers where the tree is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where, when you, if you piss off an ant. Would you come back later? All the ants will be ant like it was literally <laughs> shit. Like yeah, yeah, it really nuts yeah. stuff where it's like, well, okay, I guess I believe you. Your beard grows. Uh, yeah, and then people play it. And like, oh, this is just a normal game. Sure, yeah. Chicken chaser. Yeah, chicken chaser. I guess what it is is like every like the generations kind of before this, there have been these like huge leaps. Like you think about yeah. the leap from uh, you know sixteen bit into thirty two and sixty four bit, like going three D. So I, I I do remember like at the time it felt like there was this real people were just frothing mm. when really this generation as compared to the last one really all that happens is graphics are you know they're 3d before this now they're a little more clearer and a bit more clarity mm -hmm. and of course a bit more storage space so games can be better and people are innovating within that but in terms of like the leap of tech yes. nothing that but there was this i remember this like frothing kind of like you know people just needing to think like Oh yeah, it's going to become so much more yeah. intuitive in this technology, and it's going to the game's going to be able to read your mind and do all this stuff, and the, it, the, all these big promises, and none of it. Re it all it really was was things are a bit bigger and look a bit better, which yep. is fine. Hey, yep. bigger and bigger and better. I love bigger. I love better. I love bigger. I love longer. I love uncut. <laughs> <laughs> when did that come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. I think seven. 2000? I reckon. I reckon Ooh. even earlier than maybe ninety nine. I reckon it's ninety nine. Yeah, it's one of those ninety nine. Both seem pretty confident. Big big hitters. 
Blame Canada. We should do a bonus Patreon episode on the movies of 1999. Cause it's, uh, Let's do it in about four weeks. What do you reckon? <laughs> okay. June um, 30, 1999. Yeah, right. There you well go. Done. Um, but uh, with the PS2 in particular, there was a lot of that stuff of like, games are going to be different. Mm. The emotion engine is coming. Yeah, do you remember people yeah. talking about that? Yep. It's like, you see, I'm ready. Fucking polygons are in this woman's face. Mm-hmm. And if you play the game happy, she'll be happy <laughs> yes, somehow. Yes. Look at this car. This car's got round wheels. <laughs> Aside from sort of the semi-cinematic approach of the Grand Theft Auto games, mm. I don't know that we get a, a really genuinely film quality game story until probably the next generation. Metal Gear Solid 3. And two. Right. Th- those ones st- are still doing that to me. Okay. Um, Halo 2 had some pretty good shit. Really? I reckon. Okay. I reckon Halo 2 fucking looked okay and it had a couple of, couple of cutscenes. I'm thinking my benchmark or, or my sort of line in the sand yeah. is probably Uncharted 2 for that for what I'm talking about. Right, maybe. right, right. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. C- I can kind of get on board. <laughs> That particular ship. Um, but there's another console that we haven't talked about at all yet. For what this generation? Yeah, there's a uh, another player in the market, and a little player that goes by the name of Nintendo. Little player that's got a little thermos and a little <laughs> yeah. sandwich. Yes, and some chippies in it because it looks like a goddamn lunchbox. Somebody's yeah. discovered the color purple. <laughs> They're like, let's make the Game Boy Advance and the GameCube both really purple. Yeah, good mm. point. One of them see through. No, oh, no, the no, game. Well, right. they they do see through Game Boys all the time, I guess. But yeah, yeah the Game Boy Color had been see through purple. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. And they had those see through purple Nintendo sixty fours as well. Yes, yes. Somebody These bought like those, you know, those colorblind <laughs> glasses that make you no longer color colorblind. Yes. I don't know if those existed then, but somebody bought one. These oh, cunts right. want to suck off Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you paint something purple, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Every Cadbury thing wants yeah. to suck off Grimace. Yeah, anytime I do a painting or a drawing and I'm putting purple in it, I'm like, God, I'm horny for that. Big, big purple huh. cunt. Yellow and red, huh? Weird that you want to fuck Ronald McDonald, but all right. <laughs> Make it yellow and red. There was that the burnt orange one as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that looked kind of cool. And then they did like black and s- silver. Mm-hmm. So I think Nintendo kind of struggle with that idea of like we were saying there's not there's not really those big tech innovations and and kind of leaps in terms of what's actually happening in the games other than just them looking better and having more space but mm. they with all their IPs they 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 cuz you know they're just releasing a you know a, a slightly more souped up console c- c- controllers relatively the same but they do all this stuff where they have a fucked up weird Mario Kart where you've got two people in the same car. Yeah. There's a Mario game where now it's set on a weird island. There's yeah, a Zelda Mario's game got a jetpack. Zelda's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's true. kind of them trying to feel like, oh, yeah. we've got we've got to innovate. We've got to do different stuff when and and these are these are all good games, but well, they I mean, people probably would have been fine with I'd, them just doing a bit more of the same. I loved the approach they had during this. I thought yeah, it was right. really really cool. I was gonna say it seemed from the outside because I never. I don't think GameCube was a console that any of my friends had. Mm. Uh, and th- talking about some of these games in sort of special episodes we've done before, yeah. they all seem like kind of swings and misses. Like Sunshine, I actually played for, right. for the Mario special we did. I didn't I didn't get into Sunshine's it. Sunshine's the worst Mario game like by a, quite a long way. Maybe one of those new Super Mario Brothers games right. is worse, but Sunshine's not good. Yeah. That is the one big miss, but I reckon they were fucking hitting. Same as a 64-ish and like the Wii, there's only a few games you're going to want out of it, 
but the ones that are great are fucking great. Now, was Super Smash Brothers Melee? Melee. Yeah. Wasn't the first iteration? It, no, it no. was the second one. Right, There's okay. one on the 64 that has like eight characters in it. Right. And then this one has like 20 or something. Yeah. Like, which for the time, like, that was like for me the big thing of looking at the GameCube and going, holy fuck. Like, yeah, okay. it looks. Everything's a bit more rounded. It's not that jagged polygon. There's a bit more detail. They've got more characters in there. That was the one where they just threw it for the time. Of course, that that it's it's small by comparison to yeah, the most recent yeah. one. But everything in the kitchen sink, like different, le- all these different levels, all these different um, uh, song tracks right. that you could have in there. Bunch of single player stuff compared to the first one, which had nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, all these like little trophies you could collect mm. for doing certain things, and they were just like three D models of uh, Nintendo right. shit, which is yep. what the ultimate is sort of like the back stickers. To? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, know. right. Um, that was very good. Wind Waker, I fucking loved. It's great. Right. It's so good. It's really, really good. I remember that that just the furor at the time when they revealed that people calling it Zelda because it yeah. was cell shaded. <laughs> oh god! Like derisively, and it looks beautiful. It looks it amazing. Hold, it really holds up. That Wii U re-release of it, mm. uh, remaster of it, is is great. Is testament to that the timelessness of the look. Sunshine, yeah, I agree with you because I, mm. I also kind of dipped into it for that uh, that bonus that we did. Yeah. I feel like it was well received at the time, though. I think it reviewed well yeah. back in the day, but it's definitely one that no one ever really talks about. It was middling days. for a Mario game. They right. were still like, oh, this is still good, but it was definitely like, oh. Especially when it was the sequel to Mario 64. Exactly, yeah. There hadn't been a Mario game since 64. Yeah, so for quite a while. Yeah. In terms of reviews and scores, it's getting 9s and 10s out of 10s and A's and 92% across the board. Yeah. So it... it yeah, People are just stoked well. to have a new one. And it's yeah. it's more or less, it's the same formula as 64. With, I guess, something new, which I guess is not But the jetpack was <laughs> fucking annoying. All yeah. the little mechanics it. that they added were, yeah... We're Having not a, fun. like, hold the trigger in and, and squirt your fucking water everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what an but annoying way thing to have to do. Yeah. Before you played the game. <laughs> <laughs> Before you played the game. Yeah. That's a twist on how we usually that say That GameCube it. controller was cool as uh, well. Yeah. I can't even picture what it... So what it's it, like a weird, like a like a boomerang shaped little thing. It doesn't have the full keyboard. Okay. And you're looking at the <laughs> yeah, the special online. There's thing. like a big green A button in the middle on the right, and then like a little little red oh, B yeah. button. A couple of kidney shaped X and Y. This is not a crazy looking controller. No, this it's is got comparable the two sticks. to modern stuff. The, the yeah. C stick was weird though, and like the uh, oh, right. shoulder trigger things, they were analog up to a point, and then there was a little extra bit you could just chunk in. Yeah. So kind of had a little right. extra. And so like in Metroid Prime, which is one of the best games in the world and was a GameCube game. Yeah. You'd like hold it in a little bit and you could um like uh, aim and strafe or something. And then you pull it the whole way in and it would bring up a cursor that you were then aiming. Oh, normal, you know what I mean? So yeah, it would have yeah. like two functions on there. Well, it was I- cool. It was very thoughtfully designed, it seemed like, but also very specific to Nintendo stuff and playing like Tony Hawk or whatever with it isn't the best. I think maybe I have a bit of a misapprehension about the GameCube then because it turns out like... So Metroid Prime is an entry in a fantastic series and it's a really, really good one from what everyone says. It's probably my favourite of them. Wind Waker is good, although that's down to taste. Um, I I reckon everyone's come around on Wind Waker now. I think it was just the style of it that people... that really pissed people off, cheesed people off when they revealed it. But I remember when it came out, people going like... Oh no! It's huh. classic 
great Zelda. I think the big complaints at the time were the sailing around in the ocean took a bit too long right. at times and the kind of disconnected nature of that. But in the re-release, in the remaster, they kind of sped all that up. And yeah. I remember the big reviews being like, this has always been great. There are a couple little things about it that turned people off, but in retrospect, they've actually given it this real great like evergreen yeah, kind they of sort of rushed it out a little bit more than they normally do where there was like maybe a dungeon or two missing from the end right, and right. they did uh, like this weird treasure hunt instead of that, which was kind of annoying. But it had the kind of open world thing like Breath of the Wild mm. where at some point it's like, all right, go explore the ocean and you go to all these little islands, you'd be like, who's this Epstein guy? On this, <laughs> <laughs> this guy seems weird. You, uh, you got Melee, which again is still, I think, held up as maybe the best one for competitive play. Competitive maybe also yeah. might have. Yeah. Um, Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion kicks off on this one. Pikmin. Pikmin. Pick any min. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. So this is actually they take some bit. This is yeah. them taking some big risks and establishing a lot of stuff that's the blueprint for. Even like in the case of Mario Sunshine, they don't. You know that that's like a big departure, but it's also got the little bits in that the little levels where you don't have the jetpack that are just the kind of pretty. Sort of self-contained yeah. little, almost like, like 2D box. Mario levels, but in like a 3D space, which yeah. they come back to with every 3D Mario from that. So like really establishing a blueprint for what they're going to do with these franchises going forward. Totally. Those sections of Sunshine where you're just Mario, you don't have the mm. jetpack, look like <coughs> look like what Galaxy ends up looking yes, like. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what else have you got here for Nintendo? Rogue Squadron 2 is an exclusive. A big boy is Resident Evil 4. Right. Yes. Yeah. That Which was I was about to say, this is listed as an exclusive. Surely, surely not. It was for a long time. Wow. Yeah. I, I think it took at least a year or something for the PS2 version of that to come out. Huh. There was a PS2 version at some point. There was a piece, there was a Weaver, and now it's on every fucking toaster. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at the time, that was one of the Capcom 5 which oh. were like <laughs> early on in the GameCube, they were like, yeah, maybe we lost our air, but Capcom's making five games. Well, That's right. What are the other four? Two of them are cancelled, I think. <laughs> One of them is like PN07. Where oh, it's, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. You like, mean the Pen15 Club? Because <laughs> 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 I had that and I didn't have a GameCube. What was that? I reckon I can tell you what one of them is. Or am I? No, I think it, maybe I'm getting my companies mixed up. We'll have a go. Beautiful Joe? Beautiful Joe. I was oh, going to say yeah, that. Right. Yeah. What a sick game. I never played Beautiful Joe. I really, really liked it. Embarrassing it was that they misspelled beautiful <laughs> in the title. <laughs> so stylish and cool. Um, mm. Such a, and yeah, really cool idea. A huge error for cell shading because I love Jet Set mm. Radio Future on the Xbox as well. Yeah. That was a great game. Uh, I've got the, the Capcom 5 here. There was a dragon one. There was something about dragons. Maybe it's not reflected in the title. But uh, then you got PN03 or 07 or whatever it was. Yeah, P.N.03, a You're futuristic like a, third person shooter. You're a spy lady right. and you do like, it's pretty much a game. Spy lady? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's seen like The Matrix and that bit of whatever that movie is where Catherine Zeta-Jones dodges the lasers. Entrapment. Yeah. Formative movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've jammed those two ideas together. Right. Uh, Beautiful Joe, which I've seen, you know, some gameplay of. Uh, it exists. It's a game. Yep. Resident Evil 4. Killer 7. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Another cell shaded one. Never played Did it, that, but it's... Was that GameCube? I thought that was a way... Or maybe they were re-released. It was GameCube, and I think okay. they put it out on the PS2 as right. well. Like, the Capcom fight, the only one that ended up being the thing was uh, fucking PN03. Even Beautiful Joe came out on other stuff, I think. Yeah. Dead Phoenix doesn't have a page. That's so. the... Yeah, that's the... It was like uh, Panzer Dragoon or something, I okay. think, was the idea. Sure. Resident Evil 4, yeah, one of my... 
one of my all-time favorites. It's so good. Yeah. And at the time, it was like the best looking game I'd ever seen. Right. It was enormous. It had this really... It invented that type of third-person shooter that is what you consider to be third-person shooters now. Ah. Like Gears of War did the yeah. cover thing, but pretty much every other bit of that template is Resident Evil 4. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I dip in very late on the GameCube. I get this game. Um, and like I said, I've... I, Never had the PlayStation. I've missed kind of the start of this generation. Mm. So I haven't played anything that's like a kind of serious, like got a bit of cinematic quality to it. Right. So I'm sitting upstairs on my little beanbag with all the lights off at night, just <laughs> having my little Dax absolutely filled. <laughs> uh, I've never played it still. Um, it's very good. Be too scared. I think the controls on the... I, I got the PS4 version in a sale... Because I was like, oh, maybe I'll fucking play this again. And the controls were a lot more awkward than I remember them being on the I GameCube. I heard that. Maybe right. I heard that from you. I bought maybe. it on the Switch for a long flight that I had and then just right. never never played it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's... Yeah, I, the, the Wii version of it was really good. Because you could use the pointer as the thing and it actually right. worked really well. Maybe mm. I had it on the Wii then, actually. I don't remember much of what I... But that's another that's another episode. Yeah. Mario Kart Double Dash on the <laughs> ben GameCube. Ben remembers what he had on the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mario Kart Double Dash on the GameCube, I fucking loved. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that with mates, especially if they didn't really, you know, people that were, oh, I don't really want to play, I'd be no good at it. Right. But you could team up and you had a second person riding on the back of your car that could just be in control of shooting shells and right. doing all that kind of stuff. And you would have like these little sideswipe moves that you could do if you hit the same button at the same time and stuff. Uh. It was a cool mechanic. Again, they, they've, they've had a big hit with just... Straight up Mario Kart, and they're already feeling like we got to fuck it up and mm. do some weird shit here. Mm. Yeah. Really fun game. I'm just going to do a quick little uh, honorary mentions thing, I reckon. Okay. Because there'll be some games that I'm going to go like, oh, fuck, I wish I talked about that. Yeah. So I'm just quickly going through and having a look at a list of fucking things here. The Xbox Port of Morrowind was good. <laughs> End of segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, no, I loved Splinter the Cell. Mentions. Um, yeah, I never played any of them, I don't think. Really liked all of those games back then. Max Payne was very good. I can't remember if I said that on the PC thing. Yeah, because uh, we quibbled about who uh, played uh, Max Payne. Maximum Payne. Oh, just while you're talking about, while you're having a look and trying to find ones. Um, yeah, the Game Boy Advance. So yes. Nintendo well, after. Think, yeah, we'll go into that. Uh, but we can go Is that more now? Well, wait, nah, when does nah, that come do out? It now. Do it now. When does that come out? In 2001. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, after, you know, what is it now? Like a, a, over a de Yeah, like two decades mm. of just releasing slight retoolings of the original Game Boy, giving right. it color, slimming it down a yeah, bit. Yeah, right. It's crazy that it takes them that long to go, okay, here it is. It's way more souped up compared to the Game Boy. Yeah. But still marginally more powerful than a Super Nintendo. Mm. Yeah. Right. But oh. just even that, having that in a in full color. I don't think I know what a Game Boy Advance is. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> they always they that was the thing at the time where they were like it's a SNES, but you can hold it. And uh Well, it, yeah, and it it wasn't quite there. Oh, I don't it think, looks like it a like Switch. Different in a <laughs> It looks like a Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Sort of it would be, yeah, like a sideways thing. Yeah. It looks like a um a Nokia N-Gage. It does. Which also came yeah. out during the way after, mm -hmm. but that was the first like trying to put games on a phone and that fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. Drove me crazy that it launched with a um port of Mario Brothers 2, even though I yeah. like that game, a kind of 16-bit version of that right. and they just 
they have these Super Mario Advance games that are all just ports of. Eventually, Super Mario World gets one. Yeah. But they just never made an an actual original Mario game with those assets for it. So it weird. Drove me crazy. Zelda was similar, where they put out Minish Cap towards the end, but that was mm. Capcom again, like with the um, Oracle of whatever things on yep. the. Yep. And they put out like a redo of uh, Link's Link to the Past. Oh, did they? Yeah. I'll tell you what I had. And on I had it. that Four Swords adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, had the to have link a fucking, cable thing. Yeah, plug your Game Boy Advance into your GameCube. And in like the Wind Waker, it was like, you know, Tingle? He's a Zelda guy. He's a real Zelda guy. <laughs> he would like go, plug in your Game Boy Advance. He didn't talk, but I assume this is what he sounded like. Plug your Game Boy Advance so you can uh, use that as a little extra screen uh, to find that's bullshit right. everywhere. That was right. a big one that was always touted that, again, was never really delivered on no. in any real way, the kind of the second screen thing. It sucked. There was a Mario Kart on there that was that was cool to be able to have that portable was like a huge yep. novelty. One of the best things I had as a launch game was Tony Hawk 2, which uh. was uh, isometric view, but... Really held up. Wow, Felt it's great. Great to play. It's a really, really good fluid. translation of huh. it. And the people who did that are the same people who are doing the remaster things of Tony Hawk One and Two. Oh, now. cool. Okay, oh. so they know what they're doing. Yeah, big Pokemon games out for it that I'd skipped that whole bit with like Ruby and uh, Emerald and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. There was uh, some Final Fantasy re-releases, like the SNES ones were put on there, mm-hmm. and that's a place I played those. Right. Um, Mother Three in Japan. That yep. was a big one for some people. It was a bunch of like uh, the the novelty of being able to play a handheld game was often still the driving thing rather than necessarily the uh, exclusivity or the unique or uh, the quality even of some of these games. Right. Yes. Same as the Game Boy. Um, there were like Castlevania games and stuff. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance I really liked. Oh yeah. Back in the day, but yes, it was a lot of kind of ports of things or just like this is like a lower down version mm. yeah. of this other game. Yeah, still. I think Warrior Land Four was on there, which yep. was really cool. Advance Wars I loved. That's right. Those Advance games are great. Wars. Bring them back. A couple of Metroids. Fuck Sonic Advance. Sonic <laughs> Advance. <laughs> I remember Sonic Advance was actually good because that, that's when Sega have really been shitting the bed with 3D Sonics. Right. And then that being one where it's like they've gone back, they've made a 2D one, and it's good. Oh, nice. Just or it's, it's as good as well, those ones were. Yeah, <laughs> right. If you like them, it's good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, was, it had a pretty – it was solo for that whole period of time. And then I think in 2004 both the DS and the PSP come out. But we'll talk about them next week because they kind of stick around more for the latter yep. half of the yep. two thousands. Yeah, nice. So that was kind of it for this period of time. You had your, your three consoles, you had your very separate PC, and you had one handheld option. Yeah. Out of those three consoles, I think the PS2 did the best. Yes, it did. It, by it, a mile. Apparently by a mile, yeah. Out of the GameCube and the Xbox, I think the GameCube even maybe did slightly better than the Xbox. Oh, I don't wow. remember that look- specifically. Mm. Like, at the time, I think it might have been winning that. Had a fucking handle on the back. Yes. You haven't mentioned that. You meant to take your GameCube to work. I don't <laughs> know what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think or they were at least kind of neck and neckish. Right. Is my memory of it. But, yeah, the story of this generation is the PlayStation continues to dominate. In fact, yeah. extends its lead. Completely blows up. The PS2 is enormous. Nintendo continues their decline it seems people are talking about nintendo being the next sega at this point right yes 
uh, and then I guess the Xbox is a success. It's a it's a strong right. launch with great exclusives. It yeah. is a genuine new player in the market. People it does it outsell. It's e- Xbox twenty four million. GameCube 21 million. And right. the PS2 and that's is come over from 100. Curly Brace three years ago on Reddit. So, oh, okay. Damn. The Curly Brace? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, as a comparison, the PS2 is over 100 million sales. It's enormous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's so the Xbox being a little behind where they want to be, they're competing with Sony. Yeah. Um, it does do well for what everyone kind of thought of Microsoft entering console stuff. Mm. So their decision is, let's get the next one out real quick. Mm. Let's just do it. Let's cut everyone off at the pass. <laughs> let's get it out. So the Xbox is only around for like three or three and a half years, four Fuck. years maybe. Right. And then they're like, here's a 360. Fuck you. It plays old Xbox games. Fuck you. It doesn't play all of them and it doesn't necessarily play that well, but it fucking plays them. A wireless controller. Fuck off. Wow. That's Microsoft's attitude with the 360, and that's why it like dominates the second half of the 2000s. So, but it doesn't come out before the second half of the 2000s. Yeah, it, I think it's 2005. Wow. Like maybe early 2005 or yeah, something. Yeah, that actually sounds right. Which is the second half of the 2000s, I yes. suppose. <laughs> yes, it is. But so I, I, wanted to go, I was going to say, we'll talk about it more next week. But just the context of having an Xbox in 2004 is like, this is soon going to be redundant. Yeah. All the magazines are like, perfect, Doug Zero comes out on the new one. Mm. Let's talk HD, baby. Right. Which We're moving from CRTs to fucking plasmas and whatever at that, the time. That kind of move could hamstring... The whole this whole thing. It's like, well, you just released this new console and right. already you're superseding it. Oh, is this going to happen again? I don't want to put my money into this. Sure. To Microsoft's mind, I guess, though, they're going, if you've got an Xbox, this is a better one and it'll replace your Xbox. And it right. can play all the old stuff. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge yeah. move. That's yeah. true. Maybe it's early enough that there are people who are not have not bought any of the consoles yet. And that's the main thing. They're competing with both the PS2 and the eventual PS3. Right. Which in Australia at least doesn't come out until 2007, I think. So they've they've got a big fucking head start yep. coming into the next little uh, the final little fucking stretch there. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention about the Xbox as well that I want to say real quick is that it had a hard drive and that you could rip CDs onto it, so you could have your own music playing in games. That yeah. was cool. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the playing fucking Lincoln Park underneath <laughs> a fucking whatever <laughs> so while you're stealthing into a. Base. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up for another week. We'll but be back. we've still got so much steam. <laughs> <clearly>. <laughs> we'll be back next week with the uh, yeah second part of the 2000s. Mm. Thank you very much for Which joining us. will be the last part of this history thing, right? The 2010s, yeah. we've kind of... I mean, we were doing this podcast for half of that. Yeah. Mm. And then... Uh, we wrapped it up at the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's recent enough to... This this next one will be the last one. This has been fun to do, though. Yeah, It's been great fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, guys, head to filthycasuals.com.au if you want links to our socials, the premium Bandcamp episodes that we do, the Patreon where you can get a bonus episode every week mm. where we're currently doing uh, the 90s in popular culture year by year. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next time. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals, welcome to the new millennium, baby. <laughs> Is that what people said at the start of 2000? I couldn't even think. Yeah. Bye. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. 
Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.